The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. jump straight into it and uh, today is our vision Sunday and we do this uh, at least once every year. Uh, we usually do it in the month of October and it depends. It usually last year it fell on the third uh, week of the month of October because there was a lot of traveling happening. In fact, before we even start, uh, we just came out of the ethnos gathering and man, it was phenomenal. We got to host about uh, 84 pastors uh, from all over the world uh, this week that were here. Uh, at Eagle's Nest, it was Faith Hill Church hosting. We had pastors from Argentina, uh, Buenos Aires. We had pastors from Mexico, Mexicali, uh, the U.S. Uh, a few cities came out. And uh, it was just an awesome, awesome time of getting together as pastors and praying together and hanging uh, with each other and learning from each other. It was just awesome. And I want to extend a special thank you to everyone that came out to serve You guys made us proud. Amen. Man, you made us proud. It was just awesome. Amen. And so why Vision Sunday? Uh, uh, I think the the first reason why we uh, always have uh, Vision Sunday is because everybody wants, needs to be reminded of the vision. The Bible says uh, these words. It says, uh, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. In other words, uh, if there is no vision, people are not disciplined to focus on uh, what God has called them to do. When you don't know what the vision is, everything is appealing to you. Oh, look at what they're doing next door. Oh, I think we should try that. Oh, look at that over there, and I think we should try that. But when you have a vision, even if it's appealing uh, right next door, you're not moved because that's not what God has called you to do. Amen? So the reason we have Vision Sunday is so that all of us can remind ourselves uh, what God has called Faith Hill Church to do in our communities uh, wherever we plant our churches. I think the first reason is uh, to help you know why we are here so that we don't copy and paste anybody. Uh, but we, we get the, the God vision. We get what God wants us to do. Amen? How many of you know that there's a difference between a good idea and a God idea? Uh, and the difference is the power in it. Uh, God ideas already come pre-packed with so much power. All you have to do is switch on the God idea and you'll be able to enjoy what God has already stored in it. Uh, good ideas on the flip side, man, you'll have to do some work to make it happen. Amen? So the best way to do it is to find out what God has already blessed and get on with it instead of coming up with your own plan and then praying and fasting and begging God to bless it. Because sometimes nothing happens. Amen? So this is why we do uh, Vision Sunday. But beyond that, for you personally, it is so that you can see the big picture and see how you can be a part of it. It is so that you can look at the big picture and uh, decide in your heart, you know what? I'm going to put my fingerprint on there. Because one thing we've learned about this vision is it's not a one-man show. It's way too big for one man to carry it. Amen? We need you on board. We need you to be doing something uh, for this vision to be a success. So, just a, a brief uh, background of the church. Uh, the church, Faith Hill Church, was planted on the 30th of November. We had our first service in 2014, and about 21 uh, came out to our house in our living room, and uh, we had our first service, and we shared this same vision that we are sharing 
with you this morning. And uh, the following Sunday, we grew to about uh, 15 from 21. And the Sunday after that, we grew to about 8. You know, people, we kept growing backwards. Uh, but we were not moved. And the reason we were not moved was because one of the things God told us uh, right at the beginning was uh, you should never measure your success by the numbers, uh, whether it's budgets uh, or it's attendance. Uh, the Lord told us you should never measure success by that. You should always measure success by the transformed lives. So the way we measure success at Faith Hill Church is by the transformed lives. And we believe one life uh, transformed is all worth it. If there was just one person who was going to be changed by this vision, it would all be worth it. Because Jesus left the 99 to go and find the one. Amen? So you only measure success by the transformed life. How many people's lives are being impacted? So, you know, we're going to get into the statistics and you're going to see the numbers. And we're going to celebrate that. But that's not how we base our success. This is just something God has given us. Uh, you know, to help us track, you know, how progressive we've been. Uh, but ultimately, the way we measure success is by uh, people's lives uh, being changed. And as you get into that, we're just going to read a few stories that I believe are going to bring joy uh, to your heart. Uh, these stories will bless our, they bless our hearts when we read them all the time. We are reminded uh, of the power of God that is at work in and around us. So we're going to get into uh, some of these stories. Uh, this is Lisa Wentworth. Uh, before I read this, just to uh, let you in on this, that Faith Hill Church is not just what happens within here, on the fo- in, within the four walls of this building every Sunday. It spans across the globe. Uh, we have an online community that is huge. People that are watching and listening uh, to our sermons and just enjoying being a part of uh, what God has called us to do, and that's a blessing. And so this lady, Lisa Wentworth, she is uh, based out of Salem, New Hampshire, in the USA, and she said these words about Faith Hill Church. I was introduced to this ministry via YouTube. I received so much freedom from hearing the word through the finished work. I believe she wanted to say finished work there. And New Covenant lands taught by Faith Hill Church. So she started, you know, hearing about the gospel and the New Covenant, and uh, she got encouragement and freedom from that. This is Carol. Uh, Caetano, she's a third-year engineering student at the Bramfontein campus, and she has this to say. For me, faith means family and fellowship as we grow together. Man, this blesses my heart that we're not just a religious uh, clique that, you know, huddle every Sunday and split up on Sunday. We are a family, and we get to do life together. Man, this blesses my heart. Ilandi Brewer from Hardy, Arkansas, USA. I was going to say Arkansas. Arkansas in the USA. Uh, she is actually Dillian's daughter. And what happened was uh, a few months ago, she uh, both her and her children, because they live on a farm, were attacked by uh, a disease, a virus, and I think it was mouth and, what is it called? Foot and mouth, something. And, uh, you know, both of them were discouraged and they just, you know, were ready to quit. And uh, one of Dillian's daughters sent a sermon uh, from here, and it blessed her heart and snapped her out of that. And I, we thank God for that. It's not in the sermon that she was delivered. I believe it's in the Holy Spirit uh, within the sermon. Amen? It says here, yeah, Pastor Tafara's teaching was so rich in truth and life that it literally poured life and light into my very dark situation. Uh, next up is uh, this couple, man. They bless my heart. Uh, you know, we planted a church in Durban, and this couple... 
they couldn't have a, a child, they couldn't have children, and they'd been waiting about 15 years to have a child. And when we planted the church out there, Pastor Denz and Vila went, spent time with them, prayed with them, and uh, they conceived, and now they're holding their baby. And they have this to say, the miracle that we received from God was a word spoken via, via Faith Your Church in the form of our beautiful ba- baby girl, Meshach and Nash. That's their names. And man, that's awesome. Amen? This is real transformation. Amen? This is what God has called us to. Chester and Tina, these are my good friends. Uh, we regularly keep up with the sermons and the books and have loved how the teachings have been so easy to understand. How many of you know that we are not deep? Man, we're just easy. We're for common people. God has called us to teach the words to common people. We are not deep, man. And if you want to understand the Bible, this is the right place to be. So easy to understand and relevant to us. We've enjoyed sharing the principles of some of the teachings with those around us. Chester and Tina, uh, Birmingham, UK. Nikki Voss, where is Nikki? She's over there. Hey, Nikki. Nikki, she has this to say. You understand so everybody can see Nikki? <laughs> That's Nikki. Nikki has this to say uh, life transforming, mind renewing, a home. I'm so glad that it's a home, amen? A home where the truth of God's word is taught with accuracy, no sugar coating, yet with love and simplicity. Nikki. Uh, Mary, she was in the first service. She says, I used to think the worst would happen. I used to uh, seek people's validation, validation from people. But through understanding the word of God, I know who I am in Christ. And the last one, man, this blesses my heart. Uh, this couple, uh, Karim and Mignonet, they're in Los Angeles, California, and they started learning about the gospel through the podcast and so on and so forth. But today, they are so into the vision that they're going to host the first ever Grace in the Marketplace outside of the continent of Africa, and it's going to be in Los Angeles, California in 2020, in February. And uh, man, that's going to be awesome. So they're plugged into the vision, and uh, they're also partners of the ministry. They say this, we are so thankful to Faith Hill Church for opening our eyes to the gospel of grace. Karim and Mignonet Bailey from Long Beach, California. So now let's look at the statistics. Amen. Let's look at how the vision is uh, mapped up from the beginning. Uh, 2016, we only had one location of Faith Hill Church, and we all met here in this building where you are, and we only had one service, and uh, this was 87 uh, including men, women, and children. All of everybody was 87. And this is our average attendance. This was not our membership. Our membership was about 1,000. <laughs> they just don't show up. <laughs> so we stopped measuring, at, you know, membership. Anybody can sign that little card, amen? So what we measure is average attendance. You know, how many people are actually coming out uh, and fellowshipping with each other and loving on each other, serving each other, and getting to uh, uh, worship and praise together as a family. And uh, these are the, this is the average attendance in 2016. The reason we start with 2016 is because prior to 2016, nobody recorded any statistics. So it's not my fault. 2017, we added one campus, that was Bramfontein, and we sent out uh, some people to Bramfontein, and uh, we still grew. This is a testimony to the uh, 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 scripture that says when you give, 
It will come back to you. How many? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That the principle of life is never to hold on. The principle of life is always to give, and we're going to touch on that when we get into the vision. So we grew from 87 to 120. And in 2018, we added Durban. And uh, the average attendance is 23 this year, uh, uh, then, last year, last year, and 33 in Bramfontein. That was a growth there, 144 in four ways. Man, that's, that's growth. And total, 193. And today, today, we have 45 in Durban. We have 52 average attendance in Bramfontein and 189 in four ways. Average attendance from Jan to where we are today. Man, this is awesome. Just from a handful of 21 people that gathered in our living room uh, at that very first morning. It was a rainy morning. We didn't think anyone was going to show up. Moriah was the first one to show up. And I was like, hey, Moriah, how are you doing? She's like, I'm here for church. And we never went back. Amen? So this is awesome. This is where God has, has taken us this far. And man, we, we, we just want to say thank you, Jesus. Amen? And our online audience, uh, we're not just limited. Ministry is not just limited to what we do within these four walls. As you can see, we're almost full. So there's only so much we can do in a building. Amen? Even if we move to another building, I can guarantee you Jesus is going to fill it up. So we thank God for the platform of internet. We get to share the gospel globally with everybody because there is no cap on the internet. And on the internet, our YouTube channel... If you haven't subscribed, please be sure to subscribe today. Amen. Uh, we have about 49,790 views to date. And when you look at the SoundCloud and the podcast platform, uh, last year we had about 7,568, I believe, the entire year. And right now we're looking at January to October, and we've already matched what we did the entire year last year with three more months to spare. So we're going to definitely reach more people and touch many people's lives. Amen? Amen. Next slide. TBN Ministry. Uh, Some of you don't know this, but we're on television, uh, on TBN every Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. I was going to say this, and I said it in the first service as well, that uh, last year... Uh, when we closed the year on TBN, we were at number 17 in terms of viewership ratings, and uh, we were on number 17 globally and number four uh, on the continent of Africa. What we mean by that is they looked at all the programmers that are on the continent, and we were number four in terms of viewership, and when they looked at the entire you know, platform globally, we were uh, on 17. And uh, I kid you not, this year, by about February, January, we were topping the list on the continent of Africa. So all the programmers in Africa, we were right there at the top. And this is what I believe. I believe God sent some angels to tune in just so he could jack up the ratings so that they would have a reason to keep us on. You know why? Because we were the only ones not paying anything to be on the channel. So they needed a reason to keep us on the channel, and God gave it to them. Amen. I believe God is a mighty miracle working God. I don't believe that, you know, we did anything to deserve that, but just God sent some people to just watch so we could stay on and preach the gospel. So this has been a great uh, platform to be on. And our vision, um, you know, I remember on the 24th of November where we celebrate, uh, you know, a faith hill, it was right at the, in the wee hours of the morning, I believe around 1.30, 1.35, and the Lord began to speak to me while I was praying and, you know, reading my Bible. And he said, Tafar, I want you to do three things. 
And I said, what is it, Lord? And he gave me three words. And these words were, word, teach the word, and it's going to bring transformation and get the people to engage. What do we mean by that? How many of you realize that the only transformation that we can get uh, comes from God's word? It does not come from religion. It does not come from religious calisthenics. It does not come from any of the things that we, you may want to do. Uh, the source of all transformation is God's word. This is why the Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation. It's the gospel that brings us into a place of uh, being saved, soterio, being healed, uh, being prospered, uh, being delivered, and so on and so forth. It's the word of God. When you start teaching the word, man, people's lives cannot stay the same. Because the word of God in and of itself is a capsule, is a seed that God in it is embedded and is put all the life that you'll ever need for your sustenance. So when you release The word into people's lives, their lives cannot remain the same. This is why when God wanted to heal them, what does the Bible say? He sent his word, and it was the word that healed them. So God has called us to to teach the word, uh, uh, particularly the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done for all of us on the cross. Amen? And we believe as we do that, uh, we get into the second part of the vision, which is transformed. So everybody that walks in here gets to hear the word, and as they hear the word, we believe that they are transformed. They are changed. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And that word transformation is in the Greek metamorpho. And the analogy for that is when a, a, a caterpillar is transformed to a butterfly. You see how drastic that transformation is from a creature that is crawling in the dirt, just a worm eating in the dirt, just, you know, living the low-down dirt life, to a creature that is colorful, floating in the skies, eating off of flower petals. In fact, the, the caterpillar is known to be blind, and it also possesses chemicals that make you blind if you come into any reckless contact with it. What do I mean by that? Sometimes when people are blinded by the world, when you come into contact with them, man, they deceive you so much that you get blinded together. To a creature over here, that is ultra vision. A a, a butterfly is known to have a vision that is 10,000 times better than the vision of a human being. It moved you from, you know, blindness to seeing in the spirit. And he did that through the process of transformation. And here's what's so cool about it. This process is available for everybody. And here's the question that comes after that. After I'm transformed, after I'm a butterfly, what next? Because guess what? Now I have all these colors. Now I can see into these truths. What do I do with it? Is it time for me to show off? Look, I'm blessed. I'm blessed, 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 blessed. We are blessed. No, no, no. It's not time for you to show off. It's not time for you to indulge. It's time for you to engage. Someone say engage. That's the third word on that vision. Man, you can see I'm passionate about it. This is how God gave it to me. Lit a fire on the inside of me. If you come back 20 years, I'll still be doing word transform engage. Amen? What does engage look like? Engage means using what God has given you to impact someone else's life. That's what we are here for. 
How many of you know that we are blessed to be a blessing? And we break this down into four distinct uh, parts that will help all of us in here to be able to engage. When you come to Faith Hill Church, our goal and objective is to get you to a place where you are engaging with the vision. We don't want you to just come and sit and go back home and come and sit. You know why? Because the kingdom of God is not a cruise ship where you're looking for someone to give you a massage. Nothing wrong with massages. It's just not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a battleship where all hands are on deck. How many of you know that on the battleship everybody does something? You're either holding a chain or you're unlocking a door or you're steering the the ship. You do something because it's a battleship and we are going somewhere as a team. Amen? Amen? And that's what God has called us to do. And we break this down into four uh, distinct, uh, distinct parts. And the first one is serving. You can engage with the vision uh, by serving. Why? Why do I got to serve, Pastor T? Let's go to Matthew chapter number 20, and I'm going to read from 25 to 26. Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 to 26. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles load it over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. So he's saying in the world system, uh, the way you become great is by loading it over other people. It's by becoming the chief, the boss. And you are bossing everyone around. You are the top dog. And then he flips it and he says in the kingdom of God, verse 26, Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great, anybody desires to become great and do something with their lives? Oh, just a few of you. Let me try one more time. Anybody desires to be great and do some of that? Here's your answer. Yet it shall be not so among you, but whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your what? Servant. The way you go up in the kingdom of God is by going down. This is why Jesus showed us as an example. He washed his disciples' feet. Because that's the way you go up in the kingdom of God is by serving others. This is why there is nothing beneath you when you are a child of God. Man, you should be able to do anything as long as it pushes the vision forward, as long as it pushes the gospel into the nations. Man, there is nothing beneath you. Amen? Just yesterday, you know, I was fixing the chairs before service. Uh, yesterday, we, we did it for about two hours. And I'm the, I'm the, I'm the visionary. <laughs> I'm the apostle <laughs> of the house. But guess what? Nothing is beneath me. You know why? Because God never called us to load it over people. He called us to be servants. And it is within the ministry of serving others, he has embedded your promotion. And I was thinking about it during first service worship, and I was thinking, you know, the way Eric and I met in San Diego, California, was that, you know, both of us were serving. Eric had been to a church where he was serving, uh, leading worship, and he left a few of his CDs there. And I came maybe two or three weeks later, and I was serving at that church. And after church, they gave me his CD. And when I came back home, I listened to it. I was like, man, this is, this is some serious worship. By the way, if you haven't listened to Eric Light's music, go and get it. iTunes, uh, Spotify, wherever they play music, wherever they play good music, you'll find it. Amen. Go and check it out. He's got Wahambanati, Somland, all kinds of crazy good songs are there. You're going to love it. Eric Lige, not Eric Ligue. 
Eric Lige, amen? So, so that's how we met, amen? And something else special happened uh, uh, just two days ago. Uh, in fact, it, you know, the story started maybe a week ago, and someone came out to me and they said, Pastor T, you know, I'm in a conundrum. I don't know what to do in my life. I don't know where to go. They just uh, laid me off at my job. I just don't know what to do. What do you want me to do? And uh, what advice do you have for me? Do you know what I say to them? S-E-R-V-E. I just said, you know what? What you should do right now is to invest in serving others. Just focus. Stop focusing on yourself and start serving others. And here's what happened. True story. Friday. Was it Friday night? Friday night. We're having dinner. Maybe Saturday. When was the worship night? Friday night? Yeah, we're having dinner with a couple uh, from across the pond, uh, the U.S. We were a part of the pastors that were here. And uh, we're just having dinner and catching up. And right at the end of uh, dinner, they said to me, Pastor, we need to ask you a serious question. I said, what's the question? Oh, my God, man, I'm thinking, did I preach something crazy? And he said, here's the serious question. So-and-so in your church would love to adopt them and go back home with them. We're going to process everything and hopefully turn them and make them an American citizen because they shared their story. And we believe America is a land of opportunities, at least, you know, in the process of figuring out, they should be able to figure it out while they're there. And, you know, they're going to start the paperwork, I believe, next week as soon as they get back home and they're going to bring over that person. And how did they get to connect with them? They connected with them because they were just at the place of serving. Who was the girl in the Old Testament? Esther? Was it her name? Boaz? Not Brokaz? Boaz? Was it Boaz? Was it Ruth? How did, Bo- how did Ruth and Boaz meet? She was in the cornfield serving. She was just serving. She was just minding her own business. So God has embedded promotion in this principle of serving others. You know why? Because serving makes you just like Jesus. You want to be like Jesus? How many of you want to be like Jesus? You want to be like Jesus? This is how Jesus... Jesus did not come to be served. He came to serve. So if you want to be like Jesus, man, just position yourself to serve others. And let me help you with something else. Don't serve with a motive. Don't serve with promotion in mind. Though promotion is going to happen, don't serve with that in mind. Because if you do, you short-circuit the system because it messes up your motives and so on and so forth. Just be there to serve and take it wherever you go. You know, a few, a few months ago, I was playing basketball with the guys. So when we got to the court, it's an indoor court at the American school. When we got to the court, there were chairs right on the court because I think they had a class in the, in the basketball court. And uh, I was like, man, we have, we have chairs on the court and, you know, we had water, a little bit of water there and there. And, you know, the first thing that came to my mind, let's fix this. So I went and I took a few tissue papers, you know, started serving. Let's serve, man. Let's get the chairs out the court. All the other guys were warming up, waiting for me to finish just... Uh, Stretching. What are you doing stretching? That guy is going to serve us. But they don't know, man. I'm positioning myself to be like Jesus. Watch this everywhere I go. Even in your job, man, when you carry this attitude of serving, man, I'm telling you, you cannot stay on the same level if you have a heart to serve. Amen? This one may get a little tricky, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I have a microphone. I believe the real problem with our continent is our leaders don't have serving at heart. Because, I mean, we're the richest continent on the, on the planet with all the gold, all the diamond, all the platinum, all the vibranium from Wakanda. Platinum. We have everything. But how come you, if you walk down some of the streets, you don't see it? You don't see all that wealth. You know why? Because the person in office does not have a heart to serve. When we elect you president, you are the number one civil servant. That's right. 
I'm paying your salary. You better learn how to serve me. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Someone get me into trouble. <laughs> all right, the second, the second way you can engage, you can engage with the vision is to disciple others. Let's go to Matthew 28, 16 to 20. How much time do I have? Seven minutes. Okay. He says, uh, this is Jesus speaking. Who? Jesus. Not Pastor T. Jesus speaking. And he says these words, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain with the way, uh, which Jesus had appointed for them. Eleven, because remember Judas had killed himself. Remember the story? So eleven. Um, verse 17. When they saw him, they worshipped him, uh, but some doubted. Verse 18. Now pay attention. And Jesus came back and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on the earth. Verse 19, go therefore, someone say go therefore. He's sending all of us to go. He says go therefore and make what? I didn't hear that. I did not hear that. Come on, preach with me. He says go and make disciples. Notice he didn't say go and make converts. So you know that little thing we do when we meet someone at the mall and we say, repeat this prayer after me, and you never see that person ever again, and you say, yeah, I got one into the kingdom. No, you didn't. <laughs> and let me explain why. I was in India, and I was talking to this guy because he had a little elephant on his dashboard with an umbrella. I was in Mumbai, and I was talking to this guy uh, uh, about that little elephant. I said, what's that, bro? He said, uh, that's my God. I said, say what? He said, yeah, that's my God. I said, God, God? He said, yeah, that's my God. I said, wait a minute, have you heard of Jesus? He said, yeah, I have him too. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, okay, all right. Repeat this prayer after me, it's not going to work. You know why? Because this guy is going to repeat the prayer after you. And just add Jesus to the thousand that he already has. You get the picture? When we say discipleship, we're talking about people committing to only one God. Because we know that there is only one God and only one mediator. Not two, not three. Only one way to God. He is not a way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father but through Jesus. So the way I could have helped this guy was to, was to at least spare up three months of my diary and spend time with him. Watch this. Discipling him. And we do that in this church by way of uh, what we call small community groups called life groups. Because we believe we can disciple you better uh, if we get you into a life group. But here's the cool thing about it. We believe you can also get an opportunity to disciple others. That's why we've made the life group model so simple. You could, as long as you are fat, you can lead a life group. What I mean by that is as long as you are faithful, that's the acronym, F faithful, uh, available, and teachable, you can lead a life group. Or some of you are like, what? (laughs) As long as you are F-A-T, that's the acronym, right? Faithfulness, someone say faithfulness. Available, someone say available. Teachable, someone say teachable. As long as you have these three qualities, man, Pastor Henry is the one who runs life groups. Uh, he'll be able to promote you, and you have obviously a place for them to meet. Uh, man, we want to honor our life group leaders. We just want to honor you guys. Is anyone here uh, 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 that, that's leading a life group? Do you want to stand just so we can see where you're at? If you lead a life group, just stand where you are. Come on, let's give it up for this guy. Let's give it up for this guy. Stay standing. Uh, in the first service, we had uh, a bigger group than this because, you know, we have two services, 
people get split up all the time. But these guys are leading live groups, and we just want to honor them because they open up their homes, and some of them spare up, you know, uh, 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 Thursday night to not do homework with their kids just so, so that they can host you in their home for live group. And some of them have to use their own money to, to feed you, and uh, they, they spare up their diaries just so that they can be with uh, every single one of us. So we just want to honor these guys for, for leading life groups and for sacrificing so much uh, so that, man, you can't ignore the fact that Jesus called us to make disciples. We can't just act like that instruction doesn't exist. We have to do something about it. He has called us to make disciples, and this is the vehicle that we use uh, to disciple the people. Sit down, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So if you'd like to be a part of a live group, please be sure to talk to these guys. We have River Sands. We have Clearwater. We have Midrand. And Craig Avon. Amen. So, and Cliff and Chido are next door. They're also in Craig Avon. They are live group leaders. They're taking uh, a kid's class next door. You can talk to them as well. They'll be able to plug you into their live groups, and you'll be able to, you know, learn how to be discipled as you disciple others. The reason we say live groups uh, are a better way of discipleship is this. My sermons, as, they, as great as they are, <laughs> my sermons are just good to, to, to a certain extent. Real discipleship is going to happen when you start walking with people. You know why? Because God has never called us to disciple by instruction. He has called us to disciple by example. And the place where people are really going to learn from you is in your home. They're going to be watching how you treat your wife. Yep. And that's how they're going to treat their wives. They're going to be watching how you treat others. You treat others with kindness. Because you're going to be doing life together. Amen. They're going to be seeing when the food is ready, do you let the ladies go first? Oh, no, no, no. They just, you know, so, so live groups gives us a, a platform for us to be able to actually, you know, show people how to be like Christ in a practical format. And this is where, that's where real discipleship takes place. So we honor these guys. We love these guys. Yeah. We treasure them. In fact, when something goes down, they are the first ones to respond. And I only come uh, later when someone gets sick and is in hospital. Man, by the time I get to visit, the life group leaders have already been there, prayed with them, uh, spent some time with them, encouraged them. And we all need some friends who can show up when we are in a crisis. Yeah. You know, when they have a flat tire on the highway, they don't call me. They call their life group. And, man, people show up and people help each other. And that's what it's about. It's about community. Amen? It's not about just wearing a plastic, you know, fake smile. Or say, Hallelujah, raise the Lord. And, you know, not really doing life together. Can I get an amen? You got to learn how to carry each other's burdens. Amen? And so the, the second thing, uh, 54 seconds. The second thing is missions. We're always externally focused. Always externally focused. How can we reach four ways? How can we reach Johannesburg? How can we reach South Africa? How can we reach the continent of Africa? And those are the only problems that I encourage you to deal with or to bring up to us at the staff. You know, the, the shoe that Pastor Henry was wearing, if you don't like it, you know, it's really not going to change the price of bread in Tumbak too doesn't matter. Amen? You know, the, the person next to you or the song, they don't sing your favorite song. Who cares? It's, we're not worshiping you. We're worshiping God anyway. But, you know, it doesn't matter. They're singing out of tune. Come on, get with the program. Go come and get the mic yourself. 
Amen? The, the, the idea is to focus externally. How can we reach a dying community of people that think Buddha is God? That think Muhammad is God? That think this new age uh, uh, transcendental meditation is God? How can we reach them? Those are the people we need to reach. Amen? And there's an urgency to reach these people. And we do that by being missional in our thinking. How can we reach the next person? How can we reach people? And as you do that, man, we can change this city. We can get this city on fire for Jesus by staying externally focused and not worry about the person sitting next to you, what they did, what they ate for lunch. It just doesn't matter. Amen? And the final thing uh, we can do to engage with the vision is uh, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7. Thank you, Jesus. Is this helping you? Can you see where you fit? Man, you can bring your social media skills and fit them right into this thing. You can bring your hospitality skills and fit them somewhere. You can bring your teaching gift and fit it somewhere. You can bring your IT skills and, man, you can bring whatever God has blessed you with and just plug it into this vision and put your fingerprint on the vision. Be a part of the story because we are all a part of this story. Amen? Second uh, Corinthians 8, uh, verse 7, the New Living Translation, if you can. It says, but since you excel in everything, uh, so these were spiritually mature people. Since you excel in everything, uh, in so many ways, uh, in your faith, in your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of what? I didn't hear that. I did not hear that. A part of how you also engage with the vision is to be a generous person, is to give of your resources to the vision. It's going to help us reach more people. It's going to help us uh, come to a place like this where we can have fellowship in a comfortable environment. Amen? So he says, since you excel in these things, in your faith, in your love, one for another, in your knowledge, in your enthusiasm, see it to it that you also excel in this grace of giving. Amen? Amen? Giving is a grace that we all should excel in, and we become more and more and more like Jesus when we give. In fact, he said these words uh, from the master's mouth. He says, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And uh, not only do you give to us, we also get to give uh, to others. Amen? So your giving empowers us to also be givers. Now, why don't you stand on your feet? Did that help you? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So we want to pray for you this morning. We just want to pray that you may uh, hear the voice of God clearly uh, as to where you fit in this vision. Uh, our prayer and our heart at Faith Hill Church is to get everyone involved. It is to get you involved in some way uh, or the other. You may not be able to have an opportunity uh, to get involved every week, but you will certainly at least get an opportunity once every three months or at least twice every three months to, to, to be a blessing to somebody else, to uh, 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 go to a life group and uh, ultimately with the objective of leading one. The only reason we want you to go to a life group is so that you can also lead one. So when your life group leader feels you're ready, they communicate to Pastor Henry and they're going to let you loose and you'll be able to lead a life group. And here's what's cool about it. It's so easy so easy because you know it's all you don't have to worry about it while you're at work thinking man what am I going to teach these people it's all based on what we talk about every Sunday Pastor Henry summarizes it into a a, a devotion format 
and my wife is involved in that too. Uh, and then they send it to everybody, and you just sit and have a discussion around that. So you don't have to, you know, really worry about uh, being a theologian. You don't have to worry about knowing the deep things. Uh, all you have to do is to open up your home and, uh, you know, get some water and some food and get some people there, some snacks, not even food, just, you know, 50 rand worth of snacks and get everyone there and just facilitate. Because you, you shouldn't be doing all the talking, just facilitate and get people to talk what they feel and uh, uh, just show them how to be right, like Christ. So this is so simple. Everybody can start participating in the Great Commission. Everybody. I'm telling you. All of us will get to heaven and say, you know what? I discipled someone. How did you do it? I opened up my home and I led a life group. The people came every week and I discipled them. With what I had, with what you gave me, I used it to encourage somebody. I used it to pray for someone in a hopeless situation. I used it to visit someone uh, at the hospital. I used it to carry other people's burdens. Because as you get into a smaller community like that, you share burdens and you get to carry each other's burdens. Amen? And that's our heart at Faith Hill Church. And this is our vision. Did that help you? Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for these, your precious, precious, precious children. Lord, we just thank you. Father, that as we go forward with this vision that you have given us, this vision that you have blessed us with, Lord, we just thank you, Father, that you are speaking to them right now. Holy Spirit, you are speaking to them right now, and you are telling them exactly how they can be a part of this vision, how they can come and put their entire hand on this vision and be a blessing to other people. Lord, we just thank you that this morning uh, you are speaking to them, you're opening up their eyes, you are showing them that they already have enough to be a blessing to somebody else. Lord, we thank you that as we go home, uh, you will go with us, your angels surround us, your favor is with us. Lord, we thank you that we are blessed, blessed, blessed. We are blessed coming in. We are blessed going out. Uh, we are blessed in the city. We are blessed in the field. We are blessed in the marketplace. We are blessed in our jobs. We are blessed in our relationships. And Lord, we thank you that the blessing of the Lord is on us and it makes us rich and adds no sorrow with it. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone shouted, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everything that you have done for us. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.